Thank you all for being here this morning to worship our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace, mercy, peace, and love to all of you from our living God. Please pray with me. And Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your love, your grace, your forgiveness, and your mercy, Lord. We thank you that in spite of ourselves, you use us, God, to proclaim your message. And Lord, we aren't worthy, but yet you say we're worthy at the same time. And so, Lord, we just ask for your help today. We ask for an outpouring of your spirit. We ask that you fill this place and prepare our hearts and minds to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so before we get started quickly, we don't, I don't get the opportunity so often to be here, but I just wanted to say thank you to all of you guys for the love and support that you continue to show SOS. It's a miracle the way that you guys care and give and provide for all of us. And so thank you again. And uh, this morning I wanted to start with just a question, and it's a big question for right away in the morning. But it is, what are you willing to give up everything for? Right? And after all, what exactly is everything? And even if we can start to name the everything, the family, the friends, the career, our material possessions, our finances, then what would be the one thing that we'd be willing to give it all up for? So I had to think about that question, right? Maybe our children, maybe for our spouse. But what about Jesus, right? What about giving up everything for the kingdom of God? So I'd love to stand up here before you this morning and tell you that uh, without a shadow of a doubt, right now I'd be willing to give up everything, right? Everything that I am, everything that I have to follow Jesus. But unfortunately, that's not the truth. Right? The truth is, I'm a lot better at giving to God what's comfortable for me. And when it comes to time, talents, and treasure, more often than not, I'll give God what's left over. But if I'm feeling really, really spiritual, <laughs> maybe I'll give that little bit of extra. Right? That extra 15 minutes in the morning of prayer and devotional time. Maybe I'll give a little extra to the church on Sunday. Maybe I'll even share the gospel with someone I don't know or someone I don't like with words and with service, right? But the truth is, more often than not, it's easier to live for ourselves than it is for Jesus. And sometimes I can convince myself otherwise, right? I can do a few things, give a few things, share a few things, and maybe even love a couple people. And then suddenly I can lie to myself and convince myself that I'm really living for the kingdom of heaven, for the kingdom of God. I'll even start to grade my own work, <laughs> right? Got another A-plus in Christianity this week. Good job, Brody. Right, but seriously, am I the only one that thinks that way sometimes, that God's just up there with a big smile on his face because of all the work I've done lately? Right, and so I want you to notice that the first half of this word has all been about I, I, I. And that's not what it should be. It should be about him, him him. So that's exactly why we need God's word, right? That's exactly why we need the quick hits from his text. We all need the red letters. And in our gospel text today, that's what we get as Jesus is teaching his disciples about the kingdom of heaven. Starting with verse 44, he says this, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all that he had and bought that field. And the next verse is similar. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Anyone still wondering why I asked earlier, what's the one thing 
that you'd be willing to give up everything for. Right here, Jesus explains the value of the kingdom of heaven. He puts it into perspective where the kingdom of heaven should be on our list of priorities. And last, he tells us what we should be willing to do, right, in order to obtain the kingdom of heaven. Give up everything and live for God. But just like I shared earlier, when I compare my life to the life of Christ, I realize I'm not even close. Right? That my everything doesn't look the same as Christ's everything. And then Jesus gives us one last parable about the kingdom of heaven. He says, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down in the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on shore, then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the last parable, right, talks about God's judgment. The righteous and the wicked, heaven and hell, and sometimes we want to avoid that part of God. Right, but I'm from the camp that believes you can't preach about salvation without talking about God's judgment. There is a judgment day coming like Jesus' promises here in his text. Hell for the wicked and heaven for the righteous. But here's the problem, I just openly confess to all of you guys that even in my good deeds, or the things that I do for God, I am still light years away from being righteous. Right, I'm barely able to give God something rather than everything. And on my list of everything earlier, there's even one thing that I left off that I didn't even think about in my humanness, right, my own life. As much as I want to live for Jesus, more often than not, I still live for me. I am so far from righteous. And the truth is, none of us are righteous. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, except for Jesus Christ. And this is normally how I would read the text. But if you flip the parable on its head, which you can, there's one. There's only one who gave everything for the kingdom of God, including his own life. There's only one who kept every single one of God's commands. And there's only one who truly loves both God and neighbor of himself. That one is Jesus Christ. And instead of us trying to obtain the treasure, like was shared in the children's message today, Christ considers us the treasure. And he does everything for us that we can't do. Right? Only by faith in Him do we receive the gift of eternal life. Only by faith in Him are we offered entrance to share in His kingdom. There's nothing we can do, nothing we can give, nothing that we can say, and nothing that we can share that can fulfill for us what Christ has already fulfilled. Because of Him, through Him, and for Him. For His glory. And after Jesus is done teaching about the kingdom of heaven, he asks his disciples a super important question, right? He says this, have you understood all these things? Right? They say yes. But then we get one more quick hit from Jesus when he says, therefore, every teacher of the law who's become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of the storeroom new treasure as well as old. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament are promises of God's love for his people. Right? Both Israel and the Jewish nation and Gentiles alike are God's treasure. 
old treasure and new treasure. And God's law was never designed to be harmful or burdensome. I grab a quick drink here. It gave the full description of how to walk in love. Right? It was given for our good and the good of mankind. The problem is it just couldn't be fulfilled or obeyed by us or on human strength. But that doesn't mean we have to change what it says. It doesn't mean that it's gone and done away with. We don't have to hide from God anymore. We don't have to change his word or alter his definitions of what's good or what's holy to receive God's love. In fact, just the opposite. It's only when we compare our lives to his standard that creates that need for Jesus Christ. A need for salvation and a need for his power and his grace to work to transform our lives. And it's only his truth that sets us free. And so I would challenge you that as Christians, we can't afford to abandon the truth either in pursuit of God's love. Right? Jesus says those who are forgiven much love much. And it's only when we compare ourselves to him that we know that we need to be forgiven much. Right? And it's only by his grace offered through his life, death, and resurrection that covers us when we fall short. The blood of Jesus is not wasted. It's our lifeline. And his power still lives. The kingdom is alive, right? And it lives in the Holy Spirit, which lives in us. I just want to share with you guys, my life didn't change because I made a decision to do better, right? Or to give everything I had to God. My life changed because of the gospel. When I fully understood that as his treasure, God gave everything for me. Right? Well, I was still in my sins and in my addictions and in my reckless living. God gave everything for me. He was the only one that could fully love me in that place. And he's the, fully, he's the only one that fully loves us in our place. Every good deed or obedient action in a believer's life should flow from a place of gratitude, not a checklist. It should flow from a deep affection and love for what God has already done for us. And if we truly have love for God and for our neighbor, there will be an overflow, right, that pours out of our lives into the lives of others. Not everything has to be done tomorrow or next week. But I do want to bring up the question again. What are you willing to give up for God to further the kingdom of heaven? Right? Not because we have to, but because we love him for him, through him, and to glorify him. The kingdom of heaven has been revealed through Jesus Christ. Right? And the gospel is everyone's invitation to participate, to share in God's kingdom, to eat of the fruit of Christ's work. It can't be earned, and it can't be bought. It's because it's already been bought by the blood of Christ. It's been paid for by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so that's my challenge this week, right? To go in peace, tell the truth, right? But share God's love and the gospel with something else, with someone else. Because that's what will bring the change that we want to see in our world. So go in peace and share the good news. Having heard his word, we answer him in the silence of our hearts.